Hey everybody, it's your host, Johannes Gray, and we're back with another episode of The Game Changer, the podcast where we talk about the uncomfortable yet necessary mixture of sports and politics. Today with me, I have a special guest, Kurt Gray, and our topic for today will be Colin Kaepernick. As many of you know, Cap came into the national spotlight when he began kneeling during the national anthem as a form of protest for police brutality. He's currently a free agent and claims that he's being blackballed by the NFL and team owners. Now, Kaepernick received a lot of backlash for his protest, with many claiming he was disrespectful towards veterans, the flag, and our country. What a lot of people don't know is that he actually got the idea to kneel from a U.S. veteran. So my first question for you today, Mr. Gray, is what was your initial reaction when you first heard or saw Cap kneeling? Uh, I think probably my first question was, you know, I, pro- I didn't, I don't think I knew exactly what it was all about. I think I was kind of uh, taken aback by sort of what, what he was doing or how he was doing it. I, I, I had learned that he had been sitting for a while and then the sitting turned into kneeling. And then as I sort of, you know, learned more and, and sort of read more about it and, and just sort of just listened to him speak on why he was doing it. I mean, it, you know, it, it made, it made perfect sense. I mean, you know, I was, I can understand why he was doing it, you know, as a, as a black man in this country, I could certainly understand the injustices that he was, you know, he, he was supporting and the social justice that he was trying to, you know, move, move forward. So, I mean, I could, I could certainly get with that. Um, what I probably didn't understand is how, how people were going to react to that. Right. So. Yeah, that's something I took into consideration, too, when I when I first heard about it, I wasn't sure how the world would react to him doing it at the time he was doing it, you know, during the national anthem, during a time, you know, when a lot of people show their respects for this country. And so that leads me to another question where I have to ask, why do you think so many people were so upset or so against his protests when he's claimed it was not as a form of disrespect towards veterans, towards this country, but just as a form of protest for police brutality. Why were so many people mad? Well, I think they were mad because of the symbolism of the flag, right? And what, you know, that whole, you know, the whole event of standing up, you know, you know, you know during the, you know, the national anthem and, you know, oftentimes the military is involved with jets and flyovers and, you know, military personnel holding a flag on the field. You know, they connect the flag with the military. And and, and oftentimes people people aren't really listening to what he's saying, you know, and even when they even when they hear him say, hey, this is not I'm not disrespecting. I don't mean any disrespect to the flag. It's not about that. Right. It's more about the social injustice that's happening for many, you know, black and brown people on the streets. They don't hear that. They don't understand that. They can't relate to that. That's not the world they live in. So, you know, to them, their only connection is, uh, you know, I served in the military. My dad served in the military. My grandfather served in the military. That's that's their connection. That's all. That's all they have. They don't, they're not fighting the same fights we're fighting as black and brown people in the street, their only connection is the flag and the country. And they're, you know, they're patriotic and my dad was in Vietnam or Korea or World War II, whatever it might have been. That's all they've got. 
right? So they hold on to that very tight, and that's that's their only connection. They they can't see beyond that. They're not hearing anything other than that. That's 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 their beef. Yes, that's that's very true. And as I said before, too, Kaepernick brought this issue to a national level, and you know he he got a lot of recognition for it, and. He also motivated a lot of others in the NFL to begin kneeling, and he motivated protests in the NBA and even in U.S. women's soccer. So now that begs the question, do athletes have some type of duty to speak up on political issues? You know, you know, sports figures have always done this. Right. They've always done it, but it takes a certain type of person to do it. Right. You have to be fearless. You have to be courageous. If you look at Muhammad Ali, if you look at, you know, the protests that happened at the Olympics, you know, and, you know, all the folks that took a stand, they paid a price. Right. They take they pay a price to do that. Um, But sometimes it's bigger than money. Right. It's bigger than ego. It's bigger than. You know, it's bigger than some of the things that people put on a pedestal. So, you know, when you have millions of kids following you on social media, when you have, you know, millions of people, not in just this country, but across the globe that idolize you, they don't even speak your language, but they just idolize you and what you can do on a basketball court or a football field or a soccer field or a baseball diamond, whatever, whatever sport you choose, you have a, you have a responsibility because you 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 wield enormous influence so it's either you say nothing um and you just let the people in power control the narrative or you stand up and say hey guys this is not this is not something i support this is not something that i feel is right and i think we need to mobilize and do something about it i i absolutely feel that you know and i mean people talk a lot about michael jordan who said very little about any anything political he 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 stood and he walked a very straight line he didn't want to have anything to say about politics or anything and he and you know the level of influence jordan had but he didn't he didn't he didn't get in the water you know he stayed on the sidelines he got his money he cashed his checks he won his championships and then he retired and and now and you know later in life he feels like he can stand up and he can say something Sometimes I feel like if you're, you know, if you're comfortable and you're educated and you're knowledgeable about the issues of the day, then you can speak about them in an intelligent way. If you're not, if you're not comfortable and educated and knowledgeable, then you don't want to talk about it because you don't know about it. So when you, you know, kids today are a lot smarter than they were 30 years ago. They have access to a lot more information, a lot more resources. Information is coming at them in many different ways and many different, you know, mediums. So, you know, they're smarter. So it's easy for LeBron to talk about social injustice. He's a black kid who grew up in Akron. He he knows what it's like. His friends know what it's about. So when you're coming from the streets and you're coming from, you know, communities that are underserved and, you know, lack resources, these are things you know about firsthand. And then when you have a platform that you got millions of kids looking at you and, and not only kids at the media and, you know, and you got something to say, people want to hear it. And that 
can change the direction or the tone of a conversation and and it can influence change in ways that you might not yet understand so yes i do i do think they have a responsibility to what degree you know some athletes are more outspoken uh, than others i think some leagues are more tolerant of protest um you know the nba is, is certainly much more progressive than the nfl and so you know they're much more tolerant they're much more they, they buy into it nfl has been fighting it the whole way um, and it makes them look bad and then when you look at the nfl you you have to look at the owners and what are the, who do they look like you know they don't look like us so these are all typically older wealthy white men um, that have grown up with a lot of privilege and they, you know, they feel like, you know, it's my team, I control what we do and how we do it. And but the players have have something to say about that now. You could get away with that in the past, but not 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 anymore. Not anymore. Because without the players, there is no league. There's no NFL. There's Very no true. NBA. Very true. And they got a lot of people buying products with their names and initials all over them. And without them, you know, that's a house of cards. You take that away, everything falls apart. Yeah, that's very true. A lot of people also say that's where the the major disconnect begins since a lot of owners sadly cannot relate to a majority of their players. And obviously, majority of the NFL is African-Americans, majority of the NBA is African-Americans, but executive positions are majority white men. And that's that leaves a that leaves a gaping hole when 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 it comes to issues like this because the owners can't really put themselves in the shoes of their players because they obviously different life experiences you know not everyone grew up the same way so that that's that, that's a great point that's that's definitely where a major disconnect begins throughout a majority of the leagues so well it was great having you on the show um well, we'll be back next week with another episode of The Game Changer and a brand new topic. Thanks for having me. Great to be here.